Your welcome to the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. My name is Greg Davis, former NCAA Division I athlete, and the goal of this podcast is to shed light on the harsh realities of life after sports. My guests today are both stars in their own right. Ricky Guinea and Kylie McIntosh played their collegiate years at Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York, where they both served as team captains. Ricky graduated from Marist, tied for first in program history for most goals in a game, most assists in a game, and games played. Breaking eight records throughout her career, she holds program records for most assists in the season with nine, career assists with 21, most points in the game, seven, and career points with 71. She is second in program history with 25 career goals and was named Sportswoman of the Year. A two-time member of the All-Mac First Team and Mac All-Tournament Team, Ricky was an ESPN Top 50 Rising Star at her Naperville High School in Illinois. Kylie was also vital to Mara's success, playing in 81 games, tied for fifth most in program history after a stellar high school career, earning All-State and All-Southern Connecticut honors at Cheshire High School. Kylie went on to forge a professional career with the Connecticut Fusion in United Women's Soccer, where she was a two-time All-Eastern Conference selection, two-time All-UWS selection, UWS Iron Woman of the Year selection, and national finalist. Kylie now serves as head coach at her former high school, where she has earned Conference Coach of the Year and led the Cheshire Girls soccer team to a storybook 2019 season, winning 21 of its first 22 games, capturing the Southern Connecticut Conference Championship, and reaching the state title game for the first time in 14 years. Roommates for three years at Marist College, Ricky and Kylie have remained best friends for the last 12 years, and it is my absolute pleasure to welcome you both to the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Ooh, I'm out of breath after that one. Um, so I, I, you know, initially I, I normally send, uh, send my, the guests like introductions that I, I kind of prepare and, um, you know, because it was, it was two guests, I know it was going to be longer and Ricky and Kylie both came back at me with like, uh, uh-uh, wait, wait, you have to add this. And I was like, let me revise, let me revise. Uh, I'm going to make sure I get everything in there, but honestly, thank you both so much, uh, for one sending that back and both agreeing to, to do this. It's great to, uh, to have you both on. We just want to hold you accountable and make sure you're accurate, you know, but we're excited. <laughs> Yeah, this is my, uh, this is my actually, so, so anyone that li- that's listened to this podcast will know that this is the first time that uh, I have two guests on at the, at the same time. So, you know, we, we have to be a little bit more organized, but that's okay. We kind of worked out the, uh, the next a little bit and, um, and yeah, it's going to be amazing. I, re- I originally reached out to, to both Kylie and Ricky and Ricky, you know, came up with a great idea to have, to have Kylie on as well as, as a best friend would, right? Um, she said, I'm not doing it without my bestie. So um, I said, absolutely. And we found a way to make it work. So Ricky, shout out to you. Yeah, my uh, Chili's date for life always. You know, the two for 22 girl, let's go. <laughs> Some things don't change. No. <laughs> and I know Ricky and Kylie, um, as mentioned, they both played at Marist College, and, and that's actually where I graduated. I transferred into Marist College my sophomore year. I was on the boys' soccer team. They were on the girls' soccer team. Um, so I just think at, at any college, really, like the, the, the men's and the women's, just they support each other. They all know each other. Um, you know, um, we're all doing the, the same type of workouts, whether it's ice baths or... 5 a.m. lifts, all that good stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we were 5 a.m. Yeah, we're 6 a.m. I don't know. Cause I, I didn't see no, that. we were first. We were 5 a.m. We were <laughs> first. We were always like, what? Why are you? We were going to lift at like 5 a.m. when on snow days. Uh, that no, that was that was us. I still remember walking through the snow in my Tim's. I still oh, remember, and that snow yeah. in Poughkeepsie is different. <laughs> oh no, I live in Minnesota now. You've never seen okay, snow. Fair enough. Here. 
and the cold, but we won't talk about that. Um, but we had to do cardio, um, fitness in, remember in the field, they like shoveled the field and we did it and they shoveled the field for us to Mm -hmm. court cardio. And we're like, it's our third thing today, but we still did it two hours. Yeah. It was like January. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, (laughs) I remember crying. uh, Did y'all do like the hill sprints, like those hill sprints by the, um, Yep. By the river. By the river? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Damn, I'm trying to find something you didn't know. <laughs> no, we, we did it. It's did been it. done. Times two. <laughs> nice, nice. And the river, which, uh, you know, we at Maris used to call Maris Beach, which I learned, which uh, <laughs> I def- definitely miss. I definitely miss. And listen, I think anyone at Marist, uh knew uh, Kylie and Ricky very well, not just because they were standouts on the team, but also, also because they were very close, you know, off the field as well. I mean, the friendship just kind of shined through for, um, from the both of them. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I initially, when I transferred in and, and started getting to know, obviously, more people at Maris, you know, you two were, were pretty much inseparable. So I, I guess it's only right that, that we do this podcast with, uh, with you two together. <laughs> we appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. I would, I would say that most of us were, oh, Ricky and Kylie. Oh, Kylie and Ricky. Uh, yeah. yeah. Living together, sophomore year, junior year, senior year, I think. Uh, <laughs> we kind of, we kind of earned that. <laughs> <laughs> we did uh 10 hour drives and uh we did yeah. you know the hour and a half drive to chipotle because there was none in poughkeepsie until senior year um so we we were committed yeah. committed <laughs> friends very committed to food really <laughs> that's what brought us together if you couldn't tell any commitment is fine in my book uh yeah. so yeah listen appreciate you both coming on this should be fun um so yeah let's just uh let's get right into it i'll start with um you know i'll start with ricky uh how did you get into soccer and and what initiated your love for the sport yeah um i actually got to grow up with soccer my dad started two clubs in illinois my sister was an amazing soccer player she's in the hall of fame at my high school so that was really cool to walk you know down the halls um and see her face there. Uh, she's 10 years older than me. She played at Northwestern. So I kind of got to follow these footsteps with her. And she was always my idol. So I was like, I want to be her. I want to score as many goals as her. I didn't break any records like she did at my high school. I mean, I didn't go to Northwestern and, and wasn't in the Hall of Fame over there. But uh, I think I marked my my path at Marist. But, you know, I grew up with the soccer life. And my dad running these two clubs. And then when I was, you know, you ate and it was traveling time, he's like, let's go. And I'm like, okay, let's go. <laughs> uh, started kicking a ball when I was maybe two. And so I got to watch soccer growing up. And um, my dad was my coach my whole life. My club team was either first or second in the state versus Eclipse, which was another Chicago team. Um, we were nationally ranked many years between one and four for about four or five years in a row. So I started because my family had this love for soccer. I got to follow my sister, who's my best friend. And um, yeah, that's kind of how I got it, got it started. Nice, nice. And listen, I think you, you forged your own path. I mean, it wouldn't, yeah. have been, it wouldn't have been as sweet if you just went to Northwestern and yeah. like just tried to, you know, emulate her. I mean, you created your own records. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, no, that's great. That's great. And Kylie, you know, similar question for you. Um, similar, same question for you. How did you get into soccer and what initiated your love for the game? So also my family, but this was just my sister. Uh, my family is a football family through and through. Uh, the American football, not the European football, and big. Uh, everyone in the town I grew up in knew my 
uncles for football. They won state championships. And then we came around and um, football wasn't for us. So my older sister, she's two and a half years older than I am, started playing soccer. And whatever she did, I did. Uh, I grew up with a single parent. And so if my sister Tori was going to games. I was going to her games to watch. And uh, that's just where I kind of fell in love, just watching her play and at the same time kicking a ball at my own feet. And then from there, it was it was a love relationship. And I don't know if I had more than a day off a week between the time I was about six on all the way through college. It just, <laughs> I loved everything about the sport, the discipline, the teammates, the coaches. So it was my sister who got me into it. And then I just really fell in love with the whole game. Nice, nice. So it's, it's a shout out to the big sisters. It seems like that right. was, they definitely played a part. Love the family feel. I have a big <laughs> sister too, but she's not going to get any credit on here. So, um, <laughs> so uh, and Ricky, going on to you, um, you know, what was your dream? You know, looking back at it, what was, what was it that you ultimately wanted to accomplish with soccer in the future? Yeah, I think when we were growing up, it was the time period of like Mia Hamm, Brandi Chastain, all those big names and you know they had won the world cup ripped her shirt off waved it around i'm like i want to do that <laughs> um you know i definitely wanted to have an opportunity to play pro and you know that was one side of it and then the other side was you, you're seeing these players go around and you know like kylie mentioned we're non-stop at the age of six to college traveling i've been to every state almost with traveling and every holiday was celebrated in you know a hotel um, I don't think I had a Thanksgiving or Christmas for like 13 years growing up, which is fine because it is what it is what it is. I got to experience life, but I saw that side of it. I'm like, oh man, I really want kids. You know, I wanted that all American family when I got out of college, 22. Um, so I think I had two separate dreams and the reality of it was I wasn't gonna, I wanted a family. And so you know, little girl me really wanted to grow up and be a professional soccer player. Realistic me was like, eh, I really want little Ricky's running around. And um, I don't have any right now, but maybe one day. But, um, okay. you know, I think I followed. I'm, I'm happy with the dream I followed because I get to spend so much time with family. I'm a family person. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. And I definitely understand that as well. And it's it's kind of interesting you mentioned, you know, you kind of had those 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 two dreams, right? Or those or those two um ideologies where it was like, you know, the athlete in you, but then <laughs> maybe like the family person in you. So, you know, but just being that your dream was to, you know, obviously become professional, what was did you have like a certain highest point in your career where you were like, Oh yeah, like um I feel pretty close to to achieving this right now? Yes. Um, you know, I had two separate opportunities to go pro and be in the Olympic um, pool, uh, 16 and 18. You know, my sophomore year of college was my peak, I would say, in my playing. That's when I hit a lot of uh, assists, uh, records. That's when Kylie and I um, and our team, we won the first and only conference. Uh, we got to go into the NCAA and <laughs> face Boston College. We did score one goal, um, and she did – have a shutout season until us. And so I just wanted to put that out there. I'm not going to tell you the final score. You can look it up if you really care. But, you know, I think that point I was like, I was 18, 19, around that age of deciding, hey, do I really want to be in this Olympic pool or do I want to keep doing a career here and follow that second dream? And as much as, as cool as it is and awesome, and I idolize those players, the U.S. players, any professional player that 
has a family and is able to do both. I really just wanted to stick to that family career. So my highest point would be that 1618 when I was having that opportunity to be able to be in that Olympic pool, which was kind of cool. Yeah, definitely, definitely. No, no, just listen, just the fact that you were able to get to that point is a huge accomplishment in itself, right? And um and and Kylie, moving on to you a little bit, you you know, you actually went on to 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 play professionally for 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 a few years and Offline, we you know you did mention that. Honestly, my goal was to just play Division One soccer. So um, coming back to you, um, you know, what was what was that that just just if you could talk about that period um, of of kind of post college going pro um, that transition in itself. What was that like for you? Of course, uh, our last game was in Disney. So bittersweet uh, to play our last game in Disney, but um, for it to come to an end and to be there. I really had a lot of emotions that I couldn't explain. I couldn't really put into words how I was feeling. And at that point, I was like, I'm done. I'm done with soccer. I had a great experience. I loved my teammates. But there were pieces of it that really broke my heart. Uh, And when I went back home and I graduated, I was like, I'm not playing. I'm not doing anything in the summer. Um, I'll play. I play co-ed quite often. We have a couple facilities here in Connecticut um, and it's very competitive. A lot of former college players. So I did that and I was like, this is great. Like I still can stay competitive. It's good competition. I can stay in shape, but I don't want to do anything more. And then one day, one of my very old soccer teammates said, hey, like, do you, do you think you want to play? Uh, she's a year younger than I am. So she would had just graduated and I was already a year out. I'm like, I really... I don't know. I'm not sure I could go back to it. Like in terms of my physical fitness, uh, my mental grit, I wasn't sure I could really go back and start to do that again. She said, come on, they're forming a team. I want you to talk to the owner. It'll be really cool. Like, just listen. And I was like, okay, I will go. I will listen. I will hear the pitch. I can't guarantee you anything. Um, And so we met with a coach and talked also with JP Della Camera. He actually is an announcer. Uh, he actually is announcing a lot of the World Cup games. He's the owner of the Connecticut Fusion. Um, so it was, it's been kind of cool to get to know him on a personal level. And I said, you know what? You've roped me in. So shout out to Steph Santos. She played at University of Hartford. Um, she's the one that really roped me in. And I loved it. Uh, I never knew there was so much talent in Connecticut. But it was really interesting to go back to practicing three days a week, traveling on the weekends, that team feel. We would go as a group wherever we were traveling uh, and just have that experience again with a coach I really loved. It was it kind of reignited a love of the game for me. Um, and I will say I actually think that I didn't peak until after college. I don't think I pushed myself mentally and physically and I was at a different time where everything I was doing was for me. There was no other expectations. There was nothing, no strings attached. Um, scholarship is fabulous and all, but like it just was for me and I was doing it on top of work. I was already working. Um, I am a teacher, so I was working 8 to 3.30, 8 to 4, whatever it was, and I was going home and I was going to practice. And you only use something so crazy if you love the sport. Yeah. Um, and it was incredible. So we, I played in 2019, 2020, this, we took off. And then 2021, I'm missing a season somewhere in there. I think it's, it's earlier. But regardless, um, it was incredible. And 
this past year I did not play. I took a step back and I kind of practiced with one of my other friends on a lower level team. It's just becoming a lot with my career and my body physically. Uh, as you get older, I just it's harder to maintain and it's not like a professional team in the MLS where there's trainers and there's people that are there to rehab you. So a lot of it's done on your own and having a full-time job, it was, it's gotten tricky, but it was everything I could have asked for and more. Uh, When I had finished college, I had the opportunity to go play professionally and go try out for teams overseas and some teams here. And I am very logical and I knew that in the end that would come to an end and I wanted to be a teacher. I would need a master's degree. So I went back to grad school uh, rather than playing professionally. So this kind of gave me that little taste, some semi-pro that really allowed me to compete with some of the best players, I would say, across the nation who weren't playing in the professional league. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and just kind of following off of that, I thought it was very kind of interesting how when you mentioned after college, you were like, that's it, I'm done. You mentioned, um, you know, there were certain certain feelings and emotions that you had at that time. And and you kind of talked about like reigniting your, your love for the game and and just being now and, and obviously you're still involved in the game as a coach and we'll, we'll probably touch on that later. But um, just being now that you're still like currently going through that kind of process of, I guess, kind of transitioning like outside of sport, you mentioned the toll it's maybe taken on your body and and the job. You know what? So I guess what what has that period been like for you? Just kind of realizing, like, yep, I'm gonna have to uh, hang them up uh, sometime soon. <laughs> yeah. So I had felt that way for a little for a little while. It, I'm not making any money. I'm doing it because I love it. I'm working a full time job, and so the practice three times a week and go to games. I I was the captain for the three years that I played on the team, and so. They were like, well, you can only come to two practices. Like, you can miss one, and that doesn't sit well with me. Um, If I'm going to be a leader on the team, I'm going to be at absolutely everything. Uh, That's just who I am. And so it was – I was exhausted. I was so tired. I felt like at work I was dragging a little bit. And as a teacher, I really feel like your cup has to be completely full to do the job you want, and it wasn't. Uh, My weekends were getting taken up with soccer, which I love. But I'm at a time in my life where there's weddings and there's baby showers and there's things of that nature that I really want to attend. So it just started, I don't want to say interfere because that's not the word I I truly mean, but it became hard to balance everything in life. And I had contemplated hanging the boots up the year before, uh, but COVID hit. So it actually was 2018, 2019, I played COVID hit and I was like, this is going to be my last year. We didn't have a season. So I was like, you know what? Like I can hang on for one more year. I have some really good friends on the team. And they were like, you need to do, like, we have to go one more time. Um, And I did. And we were phenomenal. And I mean that in every sense of the word as a team in terms of showing up, practice, traveling. We won the Eastern Conference. And then we went to nationals where we played in the the national final, which is like crazy to think of. that I could get to that point. And Maris is a smaller school and a, most small schools don't make it that far. Um, so like this was my college cup. Like it, it had that same feel to it. We, we were in Texas, which I've never been to before. Um, we played some top tier teams. We played against the Thompson sisters who are currently on the national team. They're young, Alyssa and Giselle. They're phenomenal. I mean, I'm getting to be an old lady and I know that, but their speed, their decision-making, 
it was similar to what we were talking about previously about Mbappe. You need to have more than one player to defend them. And then once you send players over there, they just slot it in. Um, so <laughs> we did lose. And like Ricky said before, you can look up the score if you want. Um, <laughs> but it was an incredible experience. Coming down off that, I was like, okay, so I can keep going. My body hurts. Knees, my hips, like I'm starting to feel it. Or I can really go out on like a high. Like just know that I gave it my all and nothing would – I feel like the next season I had, would have – something would hit, like stop me, hinder me from playing my best, whether it was work, whether it is my body or whatever the case is. So it, it was a hard decision for me and it took months to make – um, and unfortunately I had to call JP Della camera and just let him know, like, it wasn't for, for me. I couldn't keep going. Um, I just couldn't be that committed. I think it broke my dad's heart more than anyone, um, which was really hard for me, but in the end it was the right thing. I'm still training. Like I said, sometimes with one of my friends, she is incredible. She played at Penn State. I think she holds majority of their records, but she is the assistant coach at Yale, Tiffany Weimer. And so she has a lot of pickup sessions that are so high quality. Like sometimes I'm like, do I belong here? Um, and so I'm, I'm still involved in the game. I still play. I play co-ed two times a week. I play in a women's league uh, once a week. So I'm playing nice. three times a week minimum. Nice, nice. No, I think it's so it's so good to go out on a high. I love that. Um, you know, I think. Yeah, shout out to, to you, Kylie. <laughs> Let's go. You're coming off of COVID and you're like, I'm going to go bang, bang, bang. And I'm like, yeah, let's go, bestie. <laughs> Seeing all the posts, it's like Macintosh, Macintosh. And I'm like just reposting, re-liking everything. I'm texting her. I'm like, what's happening? What did you do during COVID? Because you're just rocking it right now. So. No, yeah, that's good. Good for you. Good for you. I think that's the best love right there. That uh, Ricky's the number one cheerleader. It sounds like number so one hype girl. Love. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and um, you know, kind of Ricky, um, kind of going going back to you. You mentioned that you know you had these dreams of of, of becoming a professional soccer player. Obviously, you had you had other dreams as well, just in in terms of of life life dreams, like, um, and, and, uh, a future far beyond soccer as well as what you were kind of thinking about too. But looking back, like at your path, you know, is there, is there anything, is there anything that, that like you would change, you know, is there anything that you would change, um, you know, to, to, to maybe alter the, the outcome of, of, of your soccer career and, and, and how that ended up? Um, is there anything that, that, that you can c- come back to and, and, and kind of point to? Um, or um, are you like 100% completely satisfied with, with the decisions that you made, with the information that you had and, and the knowledge you had at the moment? Yeah, I, um, I actually think about that often. I thought about that a lot when we graduated and just kind of thinking like, what if I had said yes when I was 16? Would I have met Kylie? What if, like, not even just Kylie, we have, we're still best friends with a lot of girlfriends on the team and that, you know, even growing up as a teen, you, you build these bonds. And so it's like, would I have met this group of girlfriends that I'm still best friends with if I had said yes and I'm 16? Okay. When I said, when I got an eight, when I was 18, what if I had said yes, like, would I have been even closer with these girlfriends? And so I don't, I wouldn't say that I look back and I'm like, oh, I should have done this because I absolutely love my life. I have gone through a lot of obstacles family-wise that have made me stronger. You know, my family's gotten closer. I lost someone really close to me in 2018. And so 
that really built a foundation with my family. Um, we all live in Minnesota now. And so, yes, I think my younger self when I was 22 and in that selfish state of like, okay, my career's over, like Kylie said, you know, we're sobbing on Disney field and we're like, oh my God, or not like, I'm not going to enjoy the park now. Like our, we we're done. Right. Like, what is my life now? I don't have soccer. So um, I think my 22 year old self would, you know, regret that. But my 31 year old self is like, heck no. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this. Hell no. Um, Sorry. You know, I I love my life. I've built friendships in, you know, my girlfriends at Marist. We have a close group, like I'd mentioned. Uh, We're still friends with a lot of the girls that are older too. And I built friendships in my town that I'm in in Minnesota. And so these people that are really crucial in my life wouldn't be in my life. I wouldn't be with my boyfriend right now. And so there's big impacts in my life that have happened that I'm so grateful for that I chose this path. But I, I do know my 22-year-old self was like, oh, man, I could have won a World Cup. <laughs> I could have done ABC. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I'm grateful feel for that. where I'm at. Yeah. I, I'm very in tune. And as a teacher, we do. I know not everyone here, no one can see, but there's a signal that means me too. And we use it a lot during conversation in school. And everything she said just resonates with me um, so much. I I went back and like, should I have gone pro? Should I have given it a try? Like when you can and when you can still recover. And I would like to say yes, but I'm so happy with how my life has turned out Mm -hmm. that going back, I would never go back and change anything. And even with that void gone, like that soccer was Ricky had touched on is such a big part of our lives. Um, And then it's all ripped away from you. And and what do you do at that time? Um, and I can tell you personally, we lost on, I don't even know, it had to be a, a Friday, I believe. And mm-hmm. Saturday, I went to the gym. And I didn't yep. know a lot about the gym, but that was my only way of like knowing what to do because physical activity is what allowed me to release anything and everything, stress, tension, anything that was going on. And, um, I will say things got unhealthy for a while because I, I, it was all I had to focus on without soccer. And I, I, that's hard. Um, and it's hard to come off of something that was your whole entire life. Um, and it still is a big part of my life, but in that moment I was mad at the sport, if you will. And so I went to the gym and I went to the gym seven days a week and I went for hours on end because I could not figure out what else to do so it took well, me we a really didn't long know time else. you know yeah. we didn't know yeah. we had three a days and we were just laughing about that in the pre-show or whatever it's called um, <laughs> yes, pre-show. <laughs> Sorry. we were just talking about how you know we had three a days in the spring we had two a days in the fall like all we knew was wake up practice you know go to a class eat go to lift eat do like what do i go to the gym right like that's all we knew growing up so it's like I'm right there with you Kylie like I feel like there'd be days where you'd go and I'm like oh my god and then I go because like what else was I gonna do I mean we'd watch Harry Potter on ends but at the end of the day (laughs) don't blow us up like that sorry I mean shout out to Harry Potter (laughs) but, (laughs) but 
that you know that's that's all you know and it's funny like i'm so proud of kylie um for you know i when i was 22 to 24 i always thought why don't i just go pro why don't i just do like a semi-pro why don't i just train to do that i've always said it my sister's like you know if you're feeling it just do it and i never actually you know did it and kylie did it and i it's so fun to watch um you know someone that you played along next to and watch her play and grow as a player. I believe that when we were in college, we were held back a lot on what we were able to do. You know, coaches and players, coaches are a really big thing. Players are number one, but coaches are a really big thing on mentality, your mental health, your physical health. There was a, you know, not to get deep deep into it, but, you know, we had to weigh a certain amount or we were on a meal plan and that's not healthy. And like what Kylie's talking about with, we lost on a Friday in the gym on Saturday. That's because we were always told if you're not playing soccer, like you need to be conditioned. You need to hit these marks. You need to look this way. You need to eat this food. Um, I remember a lot of us went to planet fitness. That was like 10 minutes down the road with one of these trainers and it's not because I I, didn't, I I don't even know if I wanted to do that. I think I just was a robot of this is what I have to do because that's what I knew for so long. My girlfriends here, they're like, we looked you up. Like, and I'm like, why? Like, this was when I first moved here. They're like, oh, you played soccer? Like, we did too. I'm like, yeah, I know what? You know, I'm so nonchalant. I'm like, yeah, no, I played I dabbled. D1. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> may have sat the bench a few times. I don't know. But um, they like literally googled me my one friend to this day anyone that i meet she'll be like yeah she broke eight records d1 and like they asked me they're like why didn't you go pro i'm like mm, there's reasons and it's a lot of it's coaching and my career ended because i wasn't told that i could move forward and kylie's strength of being able to get out of that out of her head and being able to push through that at 22 to, you know, I've aged just a little bit, 31. Um, you're 30, but I'm 31. Um, Thank you. <laughs> you know, no problem. I'll give you that one year um, soon, though. Um, you know, those eight years, she's able to push through and be able to get that mentality of, I can do it. I will do it. I'm going to be successful. Watch me, right? And so that's, yeah. that's something huge that, you know, I, it's awesome to see her do, and I'm so proud of her. Thank yeah. you. And I think I, I think I learned a lot actually. And so like, I really appreciate Ricky saying this and I know I'm just, I'm just leading into your next question, Greg, but uh, I'm still very much involved in the game and I coach, as you said, with my former high school, I'm the head coach. It, I just completed my fourth year. We had a great season. We had a, one loss this year and it was in the state final. Um, so I really couldn't have asked for anything more, but I sometimes don't even know how great of a coach I am. Um, and that's not me being modest. I think it's just me being honest. The thing I focus on the most is being the coach that I wanted, that sometimes I didn't have. Um, and a lot of those things that Ricky is talking about is things I tried to, to tune into. Uh, I want to develop these girls as people and players. Yes, being a soccer player is important because we are playing soccer, but being a better person is so much more important to me. And I really try to instill some of those 
Character traits and some of my girls, uh, we talk about grit. We have this whole grit card. I wish I had it on me and I, and I don't. My girls have memorized it and we pick a grit player of the game every game before we get started. So this is a player who's performed well in practice, who helped us win our last game, who has helped us cheer on from the bench and they read the card and it just kind of like pumps everyone up. But yeah. I think when you take a little pressure off of the, the winning and more on who the players are and what they need and instilling confidence in themselves and me showing that I'm confident in them, teaching them different strategies to get through games, to figure out things, just to work on their overall development. I think that was something that we can agree that we might have lacked a little bit of and some of that confidence. Like I I felt like our confidence was coming from within, which for a college girl probably isn't that great um and same with my high school girls and so there is a lot of holding their hands and not in the sense of helping them get across the finish line but emotionally making sure they're okay having snacks in our med kit because sometimes they forget to eat and we need to make sure we are properly um nourished to play making sure they get enough sleep really in tune with them as people and I just feel like having good experiences with coaches and not so good has allowed me to be a better coach. And like I said, it's not even soccer based. It's just creating good people, make sure they feel loved, make sure they feel like they have everything that they need. And I feel like we might've lacked some of that, which made it hard for us to believe in ourselves to go on. Well, yeah. not only that, I think Greg, I'm sorry about that, but no, you, with your experience at Marist, you had one coach, right? Your, your three years at Marist, you had your one coach. Kylie and I, we got recruited by one coach. Our second day of our, our first preseason game, that coach left. And so we had an interim head coach who was the new assistant coach. So knew nothing, right? We got fourth place in the conference. It was a great year for us. And Kylie, you know, a lot of the girls, we all enjoyed him. He was a great coach. And, you know, we had this belief that, wow, we have this going. I think we went through three or four coaches, head and assistant in our four years at Marist. And that's insane. So um, we actually didn't have a coach. Uh, They decided not to go with our freshman year coach that was the interim so we didn't have a coach our sophomore or sorry our freshman spring season so then our coach our head coach was actually our coach for sophomore junior senior year but we had all different assistant coaches and assistant coaches are big time coaches you know those are the coaches that see what the head coach may not see and they still have really great input and so meeting and trying to have the trust with new coaches every year I grew up with my dad, my coach, my entire life, and I'll never change that. I hope I can coach my, you know, children one day whenever I have children. My sister coaches high school right now. She coaches her nine-year-old. And so I really love having my dad as my coach. And it, it made you learn a lot. And like Kylie said, I, Kylie had great coaches growing up too. I think when you get to a point, there's there's pressure from a coach, especially a college coach. And wanting to get all these, you know, accolades and getting number one and wanting to be the best. And where can we be the best? And how can we be the best? And what can I do? And so, like Kylie's saying, it it is being a better person. It's not about winning. It's great that we won. I'm so happy. I think it was awesome. We really grew the program. And I don't regret that. But I, I do hope that people in the future 
understand being nice and caring about someone's feelings and not even just feelings, their body, their mental, their mental state, like it really fits in. And that's like Kylie said, that's why Kylie is good at what she does. She has the patient, she has, she's learning these players and understanding what makes them happy and how to help them be successful. And so that's a great mentality of a coach. Absolutely. And, and, and listen, I, I appreciate both of you for just being like, so, so honest and, and open about that. And, and I do just, you know, I just want to just make sure that this isn't, isn't sort of, you know, lost along the way, but the idea of like body image and, and especially among female athletes, you hear that all the time. And I just want to, you know, commend you both for, for even speaking about that. And, and it's, uh, you know, I can, I can tell you from this end, it's, it's definitely a little bit different hearing it, um, you know, from the source and, and hearing specific things, you know, uh, that, that you, that you all went through with that. So, you know, and it's, it's something that, that all athletes, you know, uh, like, like have to face, like, you know, I, I, I think it was, it was honestly today where I, I woke up and I was going to go to the gym and I was like, why am I so obsessed with being fit? Like, why am I like, that's, I was almost like thinking like, is this how I identify myself as like being fit? Right. Because, <laughs> And it, and it goes into like the body image, right? Because like fitness mm-hmm. and, and you're used to feeling a certain way, you're used to your body being a certain way. And and maybe that comes from from coaches and 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 then it gets into your own head and you put that pressure on yourself, which which can honestly lead to, to unhealthy habits. So I just want to appreciate appreciate both of you for just shedding light on that and just being so so honest about that. And and um Kylie, especially as you being being a coach now, you kind of mentioned that 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 grit, right? That that um that that sort of grit um, practice that you that you work on with your kids and and um it's just amazing that you can take you know, all experiences, whether positive or negative, but it's great that you can use those um, to kind of positive experiences now um, for, for, for other people growing up. And, you know, kind of going off of that and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll hand it back over to, uh, to Kai, I'm sorry, to Ricky to, to, to kind of close it off here. Um, you know, as, as Kylie spoke a little bit about some of the, the methods that, that she uses in terms of, you know, messages she's, she's giving to, to the kids she's coaching or teaching, you know, so Ricky, if, if there's, you know, one piece of advice about, you know, sport retirement, the transition process outside of sport, if there's anybody just kind of take your 22 year old self, right. That was, that was struggling (laughs) with that at the moment. Um, If there's anybody else that's, that's kind of struggling with that right now, going through that process, struggling to to find that identity outside of an athlete. um, If you could just give, you know, one piece of advice to that person, what do you think it would be? I think the biggest thing I've learned is it's okay to breathe. It's okay to take pressure off of yourself. I had such a hard time yesterday, the fact that we're talking about this. Sunday, rest day, I'm like, you know, sitting here like, oh my God, what am I going to do with myself? I'm not going to the gym. It's day seven. Okay. Like, and then I just took a moment. I took a deep breath. I'm like, it's fine. My body needs rest. I need rest. So I would say my biggest advice, especially coming from a lot of highlights and a great career is it's okay to just breathe. Like you don't have to be doing something at all times. And I think that's something that Kylie and I, luckily we were roommates our spring season, our spring of senior year. And if one was laying, if Kylie was laying, I was like, yep, I'm going to lay. I'm going to just sit here and I'm just going to lay. So it's good to also have someone to talk to, you know, find someone that you're playing with and just have that conversation, have that open conversation. I wish we had more open conversations when we were leaving college and when our season ended. I felt like I couldn't breathe and that 
I let down the school and that was our year to win another ring. And I needed to do whatever I could, even though I couldn't get that ring back. I needed to do whatever I could to get that back and find what makes me happy. And it takes some time. So I hope that this helps someone just to let them know, like breathing and being okay and not putting pressure on yourself is okay. It's okay to miss a lift. It's okay to miss a shot. It's okay to miss a game. Like it's okay. If you're not doing okay, it's okay. And I just, I wish someone told me that I'm sure we all do just to say like, you're okay. You did great. Look at your, look what you did yesterday compared to what you're going to do in your future. Cause it's just going to go up from here. And so I just, I really hope that that helps people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and Listen, I think I think that's a that's a great point to end it at. I, I think you know that that idea of, of of just breathe, right? It's okay. Um, I think I think really just kind of really resonates, and I think that's a great a great piece of advice. Just thinking about all the pressure that athletes put on themselves from 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 all levels. You know, I've I've spoken to athletes that are like, I've been putting my pressure on my son since I was five years old, right? So um, when it's when it's all said and done, to to really just understand that that process of breathing, I think is is absolutely great and. Listen, I think. Can for, I hop in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I will not expand on mine at all, but I have two quick pieces of advice. Please, please. Be gentle with yourself. Mm-hmm. Ask for help if you're not sure. Yeah, that's it. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Oh, Thank great. you so much. I think that was a great teaching moment. Great teaching moment right there from, from Kylie. Um, so, um, listen, those are, those are great bits of advice to, to just kind of close off on. And really, again, uh, having you both on, um, I think it went pretty smooth. You know, I think it went pretty smooth having two people. And, you know, each of you just had so much just, um, I don't want to use the word quality, uh, right? That's like... <laughs> performance term like quality um but each of you just had <laughs> no each of you honestly had just just absolutely just great advice and 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 great stories as well and and just again appreciate you both for for coming on and, and just being so honest and and glad that you all got to got to see each other i'm not sure if i know ricky you're living in in minnesota i think now so i'm not sure I if you got to got to maybe you all facetime like every night and this isn't anything special but <laughs> no it is it is we don't facetime as often now like working and stuff but she did come see me for my 30th birthday in july so i was able to see her then yeah yes, nice. i did very nice very nice well listen uh ricky kylie this has been absolutely amazing really again appreciate you coming on um think that this is going to go a, a, a really long way and um having you both come on to kind of bounce off each other as not just you know former teammates but but best friends for uh, i think you said 14 years so um having you both doing that is um maybe i gave you a year but having you both doing that is is amazing so um so thanks so much and uh and you know hope to see you all soon Thank you for having us. Thank you, Greg, so much.